Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So I want to take some time to talk about a series of tweets that uh, Donald Trump put out over the last 24 to, to 36 hours. Uh, talking about the Federal Reserve and monetary policy. Now, the one that I think caught a lot of people's attention was the one that was put out earlier today. Uh, I'll quote it for you. China and Europe playing big currency manipulation game and pumping money into their system in order to compete with USA. We should match or continue being the dummies who sit back and politely watch as other countries continue to play their games as they have for many years. So basically he's saying... We should begin to use whatever tools, I'm guessing he's referring to the Federal Reserve, to target our exchange rate, to devalue our currency relative to the yuan, relative to the euro. And I'm sure you could throw in the yen and, and the pound and, and just about every other world currency. When you're devaluing your currency, you're devaluing it against every other fiat currency. Now, that is very interesting and and. Already, people are saying that this is a call for hyperinflation. I mean, that's exactly what ultimately it leads to. Yeah, you know, the the road to to hyperinflation is paved with whatever good intentions or or um, competitive devaluation, whatever you want to call it. But it's a dangerous game to be playing. Now, I suspect. Now, I want to get to some more. I think maybe even more important tweets here in a second in the last twenty four hours. But but I suspect that. Yes, this currency manipulation, it's a big determinant in in the whole trade war. Meaning that if the yuan and the euro are are devalued relative to the dollar, it makes their exports to the United States uh, cheaper, right? It makes it harder for us to export to them because our dollar is stronger. Our dollar buys more, but their currencies buy less of goods from, from the United States, right? And so it does play into that. But I suspect that this goes back to Fed policy and, and the fact that I think Trump knows that if the Fed doesn't drastically ease policy between now and the end of the year, certainly by uh, the the election at the end of 2020, that his odds of winning the election are going to be diminished, right? I don't know if he has advisors in his ear telling him a recession is right around the corner and that's about the worst thing that he could be dealing with during a re-election. But, but the fact of the matter is that's where we're heading and, and I have a feeling he knows that as well. He knows that a weak dollar and easy monetary policy is going to be a tremendous boost for his campaign over the short term, hopefully. Now, history has shown us that when a Fed begins drastically easing their monetary policy, I'm talking interest rate cuts, usually that actually marks the beginning of a recession or that a recession is soon going to begin or already has begun, right? I think it's only two times in the post-World War II era that that hasn't been the case, uh, once in, in the mid-90s and, and one other time. So that in and of itself is a dangerous game as well, right? You very well could be changing investor sentiment. You very well could be Causing people to expect just the thing that you're trying to avoid, and that's a recession. Now, that tweet is fascinating, but not surprising given 
his recent comments or his past comments on it as well his his uh constant attacks on on Jerome Powell the the head of the Fed for being too hawkish but instead I want to go back uh just a matter of hours to yesterday Trump yesterday made two announcements on Twitter about his nominations to the uh Federal Reserve board basically these include a guy by the name of Christopher Waller, who is the current executive vice president and director of research at the St. Louis Fed. And then the other one is Judy Shelton. She's, let's see here, U.S. executive director of the European Bank of Reconstruction and Development. Okay. Now, this Christopher Waller, I want to go through these people one by one. Christopher Waller works for the Fed. He's a an insider. He's whatever you want to call him, part of the swamp. But But... More importantly, he's kept a fairly low profile, but what we do know about his views is that he is, surprise, surprise, dovish. An, maybe an uber dub, you could call him that, right? Uh, maybe not quite on the scale of somebody like a Neil Kashkari, right, who is who is maybe one of the more dovish members of the board of the Federal Reserve ever, or certainly in recent um, history, but but he's very dovish. And, and with this guy nominated to the Fed board, you would have an additional person when he's voting, voting for cuts, right? And, and probably QE, easier monetary policy, right? This is politicization of the Fed, right? Pick people that will do what I want them to do. And it's not new, right? We, we had this during the Obama administration, I'm sure. We had this during the Bush. It, it makes perfect sense, just like it makes sense for a Trump or an Obama to appoint who they want to the Supreme Court or the lower courts or whatever. But that's what this is, right? And it's another reason that maybe the Fed shouldn't be a thing in the first place, okay? Um, his other nomination, Judy Shelton. The first thing that people here in this community, I think, keyed in on is that she is a fan of the gold standard. In fact, with this nomination, maybe with, maybe it was with both of these, we actually saw the price of gold appreciate quite a bit. And I think some people thought that, hey, this is somebody that is has spoken favorably in the past regarding the gold standard. That's why the price of gold is going up. And that's what initially I thought until I read more about her views. And I don't think that's the case at all. Um, is one person on the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply board of of uh, uh the federal reserve going to to steer us in the direction of gold standard no the reason gold went up is because she is surprise surprise an uber dove right she's talked about in the past how she thinks we should already be cutting interest rates how they should be at zero right we have another uh another christopher waller or another um, um neil kashkari here on the to, to be nominated to the board of of the federal reserve board Right, two nominees here that are very dovish, and will likely give an even more dovish slant to the Federal Reserve. I mean, I'll remind you guys that uh, Jerome Powell is not the the sole determinant of monetary policy. Right, he's the chair of the Fed. He's out there saying what they're going to do and, and their views and whatnot. But but ultimately, 
it's we're talking about a vote here, right? Votes in 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 favor of or against a change in policy, right? And so his nomination of Christopher Waller of Judy Shelton is a big deal for the dollar and a big deal for precious metals. Now, will they get through? You know, I think uh, I saw pointed out by I think it was Fortune. Uh, dot com uh, about how hey Christopher Waller he's he's already a Fed um, insider uh, and it seems to be that he's he's you know economics is is in his blood more or less uh, what I mean by that is he's he's an ec- economist by trade right as opposed to I think it was Herman Cain who's who's done some work at the Fed but he's you know he's not an economist by trade he's he's a he's a business guy. Um, and so I, I tend to think, uh, I tend to agree with this article saying that, hey, he's probably going to be approved. Now, Judy Shelton, she's not so much in in that same realm, though she has, as I pointed out, been improved, uh, been, been uh, uh, her nomination has been improved in the past. And, and it'll be interesting to see if it is this time around. I mean, I think, I think Democrats know they're, they're going to find ways to smear uh, certainly Judy Shelton, if not also Christopher Waller. We'll see. Find ways, whether it's the gold standard line of argument or, or it's going to be some other one. But ultimately what it comes down to is they, they they don't want the president to have a dovish Fed for the last year of his presidency or an even more dovish Fed, right? That's the last thing Democrats need, right? Democrats need all they need, all they can get in terms of uh, um, reasoning for, for people to vote Democrat. Right, you've seen these debates. I mean, right now, it's uh, it's not looking great for them. Right? Ultimately, somebody's going to come out ahead. Is it going to be Biden? I, I've been doubtful of that from the beginning. You know, I maybe it's Sanders. I think more likely it's going to be somebody like Kamala Harris, or uh, or Elizabeth Warren. Right? That that'd be my two picks for right now. But all this can change. But uh, I think. Right now, the voters' reaction to those debates has not been all that great. Um, I think uh, Trump has quite a few things that he can say, hey, look at what I've done. I'm not saying I agree with it. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But but he's he's avoided a recession thus far. Uh, they, he, he's cut taxes, right? Now, I mean, there's a price to pay for those things, right? A recession is avoided, but at what cost? I mean, thus far. First of all, I think we're going to be in a recession by the election. But but he has avoided a recession thus far. But it's been at the cost of uh, Trump tax cuts, right? Which were a huge cost to the U.S. government in terms of of increasing the deficit. Right? You've seen these deficit deficits lately. But but the point of what I'm saying, he can use that. He can talk about his his meeting with North Korea. He can talk about um, a handful of other things, right? And, and Democrats are going to be grasping for for something to talk about. And if we end up in a recession, if we start to see that jobs you know, that unemployment number start to reverse. And let's say by, by the election, it's north of 5% or 6% and a very clear trend. Uh, that's, I think that's game over for Trump, right? It's the economy, stupid. Going back to, I think it was James Carville that said that during the uh, Clinton, the first or the second Clinton campaign, but it's the economy, right? And and I think Trump realizes that, right? That, yeah, devaluating the, devaluing the dollar might short term over the short term offer some benefit for trade but over the long term or or over that same short term he's he's looking for the benefit to the economy he's looking for a stimulus he needs a stimulus at this point the economy is rolling over into recession right it's only a matter of time six months 12 months out my my point here is that 
A, in the past, the Fed easing has actually marked the beginning of recessions, right? Or is, has occurred shortly before or, or shortly after it began. And, and second of all, I don't think the Fed's got enough firepower, right? The, the, the last recession, we'd have cut rates from, from like 5% roughly, maybe even higher, all the way to zero, plus years and trillions dollars worth of quantitative easing, plus a massive bailout package, plus a stimulus package, plus cash for clunkers, plus government buyouts of companies. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of stimulus that we needed for that last recession. Right now, what we have is a balance sheet that is still very inflated. They haven't unwound much of it. The Fed interest rate is only a little north of, of 2%. You know, I think it's 225 to 2.5%. So they have about half the amount of room to move there, maneuver, unless they go negative, which, you know, with these doves, I, I have no doubt that they would. Even Jerome Powell, if need be, I'm sure would vote for a negative interest rate. But they only have half the room to maneuver there, right? And in terms of debt, I mean, they have no problem with taking on more debt with a fiscal stimulus. But but the bang for their buck that they're going to get in 2019 or 2020 is going to be much less than 2008, 2009, 2010, right? And I think there's going to be a much, much higher cost to pay for that, both in dollar terms, but also what it means for the dollar itself, right? And so that's what we're heading for. He needs a huge stimulus from the Fed. He needs a huge stimulus from the government. I'm not sure if, 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 if it does come, if it's going to be enough. In fact, I'm very doubtful that it will be, right? And, and then what, right? That's about the worst position you can be in as a president, as a country, economically speaking, right? When was the last time we went into a recession and what the Fed and government did ultimately proved to be not enough? I mean, you'd probably have to go back to the Great Depression, Right, we suffered like a, a decade's worth of of recession and depression, and that was despite quite a bit of government spending and what the Fed was doing. I mean, that's a lot of misguided policies along the way, sure. But that took a whole year, right? Contrast that with with the uh, Great Recession, and we had a couple of years, right? right, a year or two's worth of I don't know the exact amount of quarters that we were in a recession. We came out of it, right? Because of a ton of easing, ton of stimulus. But then what? We, we dealt with about eight, nine years of lackluster growth that we're still kind of muddling our way through right now. Right? And all along the way, the problems haven't been fixed. The Fed hasn't been able to tighten. What I'm saying is that this next recession is going to be bad. And so it makes absolute sense, I guess, for Trump to pull every lever he can in terms of Fed policy, in terms of tax cuts in terms of spending, to try and provide enough stimulus to get them through the 2020 election, I don't think it's going to be enough. And that's not an anti-Trump statement by any means. I think that's just the reality of the situation. As always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.